and welcome to Talk Your Peace with Hannah, Hannah and Aziz. I'm Aziz Ahmed, joined with my co-host, Hannah Schramm. And we are super excited to be welcoming you all to our second episode of this podcast. Um, we are super grateful for all the support and love that we've received for our first episode. Oh, yeah. And all the views. So we really appreciate and thank you, our viewers, for tuning in to our um, new adventure. And we hope that you continue to join, the, join us on this journey um, as we continue to produce more content and put it out out there. Um, without further ado, we're going to get into today's episode in which Hannah is going to give us a little rundown of what we're going to talk about and what we can expect. But before that, how are you today, Hannah? I'm good. I'm feeling a little, I mean, it's Thursday, right? So I'm a little bit stressed from the week, but we're almost done. Almost done. So I'm feeling good. How are you feeling? I'm pretty much on the same boat, you know, just ready for this week to be over. Today, Thursday is my Friday with relation to school. So, yeah. um, you know, ready to be done for the day. <laughs> Me too. And head home, but um, definitely have, haven't had my cup of coffee yet, which is fine. Come on, you really I'm can't here. be living out here without that cup I of coffee. I know, and it's 12 p.m., so right after we finish recording, I'm going to go grab coffee before class. Um, yeah, but other than that, alhamdulillah, you know, living in the moment. Good. Um, appreciating this new day. We need more of that. We need more living in the moment and less stressing coming from me, the avid overthinker. But, no, I, you I know. mean, I'm on the same page as you. Yeah, I we think need it. I think it's a collective vibe. You know, I, was t- I think I, w- I had this conversation with you the other day, but it, we're just at the point in the semester where, like, for literally the last two weeks, I've been going around, you know, the that simple icebreaker that everyone starts with, hey, how are you? Everyone just same answer, tired, stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, Worried. Yeah, it's just that hurdle. We're just at that point in the semester where everybody's just trying to j- jump over these hurdles. But, you know, inshallah, we'll get there. Yeah. All is well. Okay, everyone. So we're going to go into our topic today which is about our identity as Muslims in America. Aziz and I will be talking about our own perspectives being Muslim and how we've grappled with that over the years. And I want to start the conversation off with when we were younger. Mm. So how did you grow up Muslim in your household? For me, um, I have actually a very interesting household where my mom converted to Islam. So my mom was Catholic, actually, And she converted to Islam when she was in college, and she met my dad around the same time. So even though I was Muslim at home and I hold true to those values today, I had a lot of exposure to other faiths Mm. simply because my mom's entire side of the family was not Muslim. So the way I looked at religion growing up was in a very empathetic perspective just because I saw different traditions being practiced around me. Yeah, And so when I got to... You know, when I was in elementary school, I felt like, yo, yeah, I'm Muslim. That's that's straight. Like, I'm Muslim. Cool. But then when I got to middle school, I started to realize that I lived in a post 9-11 world mm. and that people didn't really mess with Muslims like that at the time. And I didn't want to let people know that I was Muslim. So even though I was practicing things at home with my family, I kind of started to distance myself from the faith. When I got to middle school and try to form this like other identity, like mm. outside of being Muslim. Yeah. So I really wanted to coordinate myself as like, yeah, I'm just this like average American person. I don't really know what you guys are talking about with all this Muslim talk because it was very negative. I mean, it still can be. But that was life for me in middle school. Yeah. And then I got to high school and something in me kind of shifted. Um. <clears throat> Something in me kind of shifted when I got to high school. I started to realize that the values that I had in my heart that my parents taught me when I was young were still there. 
and the the point where I was distancing myself in middle school, it brought me to like this confused state of mind where I kind of felt lost and out of focus. So when I was in ninth grade, I was like, you know what, let me refocus and let me reconnect with my roots as a Muslim. So I started to take practicing my faith more seriously. Like when I was in middle school, I didn't really um, take my prayers as seriously. Like if I miss one, I'd be like, whatever. And so Muslims pray five times a day, if our listeners don't know. Mm -hmm. But when I got to high school, I was like, no, this is actually kind of serious because I felt so off balance. And I started to take my prayers seriously. I started to take my faith more seriously. And I actually started to explore other faiths. And I started to like know other teachings and see like, is this really the faith that I want to follow? And mm -hmm. I had to have that like intrinsic discovery in order for me to come back to a point where I, I really strongly identify as a Muslim today. Mm. And so when I got to the end of my ninth grade experience, heading into the summer before sophomore year, I got to a point where I wanted to wear the hijab. Mm -hmm. And so I go up to my dad and I'm like, yo, Baba, I want to wear the hijab. And Baba was like, no. Mm, interesting. Very. And I was like, you're kind of wild because I feel like most parents would really like that their <laughs> child came up to them saying they want to like outwardly show that they're practicing their faith. Mm -hmm. My dad was like, you know what? We live in a world that's really rough right now. And if someone came up to you and asked you about Islam or Muslim or why, or why you're Muslim and why you wear the hijab, you have to have a good answer for them. Mm -hmm. So you need to show me that you really want to wear this hijab. And I was like, all right, I can do that. And I talked to my mom about it. And she was like, you know, ultimately, this is your decision. And I'm very grateful because not every female has this experience with hijab. I'm very grateful that my parents never forced it on me. Mm -hmm. it, it was always something that I came to terms with naturally and something that I discovered on my own and researched on my own. Even though I knew the fundamental teachings, it was never this like iron fist kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So when, then I was like, all right, I, I started to read in the Quran where it tells us to cover and be modest. And I discovered how it tells men to be modest and lower their gaze before it tells women to cover up. All these things that was countering the societal prejudices that show us that Muslim women are oppressed. And I saw the hijab as this form of empowerment and this form of an outward devotion to God, like dedicating my outward appearance physically, but also internally mm -hmm. to thinking of God all the time. And I loved that. So once I completed the research, I made like a mini book of it and I wrote down all the verses and everything and I gave it to my dad and I was like, look, at this point... You got a report ready. Oh, yeah. I was ready with the research. <laughs> I was like, at this point, here's the book for you, Yeah. but I'm going to do this. And I did. And so I covered up the... Leading into my sophomore year in, in high school and fr from that point, I kind of went on like a real spiritual journey. Like now I... It really formed my identity, made me more confident in saying, yes, I'm Muslim, praying in public spaces, not being apologetic about taking a prayer break, things like that. Um, and so today, from that experience, I can say, yeah, I very proudly identify as a Muslim woman, and I'm happy that I went through that transformation. Yeah, very powerful. Um, but yeah, thanks for sharing. I think for me, I mean, it was definitely, I would say not much different, but definitely tried a different path in terms of how, um, you know, I came to terms, um, not necessarily come to terms, but just embraced my Muslim identity. Um, so for me, you know, I was, I would, I would definitely say like from birth, like my earliest, as far back as I can remember, I, I just remember being in the masjid. So like 
my my parents, you know, I have a, I come from a huge family. <laughs> I have nine siblings, uh, so I'm one of ten children. Wow. Um, and so you know, like I was just at that point when I was born, you know, like a lot of my si- older siblings were between six and um, you know, uh, fifteen or around there. So like very like you know, vulnerable ages in which you know they're 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 um, you know, our parents are really trying to instill um, Islam and the teachings of Islam in them. So you know, I was quite literally born into the masjid, you know, I was always at the masjid from a young age. And so, you know, I just, from, you know, from even today, like a lot of my best friends are from people that I met at the masjids. Um, And so, you know, just Islam was just a big part of my family, just outside of the masjid, but even at home, you know, we always prayed together as a family. During Ramadan, we always broke fast together. So just Islam was that integral part of our life from, from a very young age, was enrolled in Sunday school all throughout my younger ages. Um, and so, you know, and then so it continued. So I went to public school for just elementary school. And right after elementary school, I actually went to a full-time Islamic school, um, for middle school and all the way up until high school until graduation. So that's why my journey is a little bit different because I was more so surrounded by Islam 24 seven. Right. And so this is, you know, it was, uh, you know, alhamdulillah, looking back at it, you know, it's one of the best things that possibly could have happened to me, you know, just being surrounded by Islam 24 seven, um, well, not necessarily 24-7, but yeah, I, I think you get the understanding of it. Um, but, you know, more so, you know, it, I think the the realization, because more so, because if you look at it, for me personally, it was, I was surrounded by Islam, so I didn't necessarily have to answer these questions that you guys do, like they were in public school, like, you know, defending your dean or things like that. So I took a lot of things for granted, you know, and so, you know, I just noticed post high school and going into my first two years of college, definitely just trying to figure out myself because this is where I found myself once again in a space where I was unfamiliar with, you know, I've been, that's a pretty long range middle school and high school, just being surrounded by Muslims for the majority of your days. Um, And so, you know, like this is, this is where, this is where I kind of capitalized on trying to find out who I am. And so this is where that identity part into, uh, came into play. Um, And so I would definitely say I struggled um, my first two years of college, just trying to, you know, fit in, I guess, quote unquote, fit in and see who exactly my friends are and things like that. And um, who I am and what what categories do I fit into? Because, you know, it's different when you're when you're taught something and, you know, like, you know, like the OK, this is what I'm supposed to do. But it, practice is much more different. And so I think that's what I struggled a lot with, you know, practicing and, you know, just embracing my Muslim identity outside of Muslim spaces um, and so I definitely, you know, like, uh, you know, just now looking at my, my journey from beginning of college and I was a senior in college, you know, it was definitely a progression in just terms of finding out who I, who I am and, you know, what Islam and being, a, what Islam means to me and being a Muslim, what does it really mean to me? Because again, you know, I have that home training and, you know, that home understanding of Islam and just being surrounded by Islam, you know, throughout my upbringing. Um, but more so it's, 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 it's difficult. I think a lot of people would agree, you know, just holding on to that and embracing that Muslim identity outside of Muslim spaces. Um, so, no, I mean, it's definitely a work in progress for me, but I would definitely say, like, looking at myself now, I'm definitely much more confident. 100%. Um, much more confident in just being, um, openly saying, you know, I'm a Muslim, you know, yeah. openly just dressing how a Muslim would dress, you know, openly, you know, being proud when I wear my my thobe or, you know, like my, my kufi or things like that. Whereas, you know, Again, you know, and I say it because my journey was a bit different. I was always, you know, comfortable, like, going to school in those clothes because I was surrounded by Muslims. But, like, let's say if I were to go to the store after coming from school or things like that, you know, I would 
rush to take it off so people don't give me that weird look. Right. So, yeah. I remember doing that when I was younger, too. Like, I would, I was also enrolled in Sunday school when I was young. And, and after Sunday school, if we ever had an errand, I mm-hmm. would always, like, take the hijab off. And yeah. I, you know, when I was really young. And I didn't want people to kind of see it. But definitely, just like you said today, it's just transformed in a way where if you're surrounded by good people and you're surrounded by others who empower you to be your truest self mm-hmm. and, you know, express your faith, then you get to a point where you're like, this is who I am. And, you know, we're going to accept it. And let's, like, not pretend that Islam hasn't been in America since its inception. Yeah, for sure. You know, while this is Native American land, rightfully so, mm-hmm. um, it was taken from Natives. But w- in that inception of, like, taking the land, Muslims were a part of it. Like, yeah. it's, n- you know, Muslims were slaves. Yeah. And they served in world wars. And it's not like Islam is suddenly this new phenomenon brought over by immigrants. It's very much a part of the American fabric. Yeah. And it, you know, what really made me motivated to be like, yeah, I'm a Muslim is the research that I did, like doing that research into my own faith, but also into how we connect our Islamic identity as Americans is really what made me like very proud. Yeah. And I think that's always the hardest part, you know, because I mean, like just going off of my personal journey with um, Islam and just embracing my Muslim identity, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to have Islam spoon-fed to you and just, you know, like, I guess, insulated in a bubble where you're surrounded by Muslims and the teachings of Islam 24-7. But it's very different, you know, when you're coming to terms with it and embracing why you, you know, because, again, it's, it's, a, it's a decision. You know, why, why am I doing what I do? Why do I pray to five times a day? Why am I surrounding myself with these people? Why am I surrounding myself in this environment? You have to really come to terms with that and do your own research and really fall in love with the dean yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is, this, is, this is an important concept that, you know, a lot of people struggle with. But I'm glad that, you know, like, you know, a lot of us are able to, to really realize that nowadays. And, you know, you know, really capitalize on I'm a Muslim and I'm proud to be a Muslim. Um, I also think like, you know, this is very positive. Like I think you and I have very positive experiences with our identity because we're kind of confident who we are now, Mm -hmm. but I would say it's tough. I I would say it's tough to be a high school student and also be Muslim. And, and like, I don't want it to be, I want them to be able to express themselves in their fullest identity within their faith. But I think it is very difficult. Even on college campuses, I think we yeah. see it here firsthand. Like peer, peer pressure is definitely a real thing, you know? Like, for sure. For, you know, just being able to, um, just, just that, that whole concept of wanting to fit in, you know, is really drives people off the edge, I would definitely say, you know? And just like, you know, like I can't take this anymore because, you know, I'm being told on one hand I shouldn't do this, but it, all my friends are having fun and, you know? So it's, it's just like, People really get lost in this, mm-hmm. this you know, these spaces. Um, and you're right. I mean, you know, we're, we're one of the lucky ones that have gotten to realize, um, you know, what Islam means to us and why we're so proud to be Muslim. Mm-hmm. But not a lot of people like that. And there's a lot of people that struggle with this concept of religion in the silos um, that are often forgotten from our spaces. For sure. And I think a lot of times what's lacking is just having this, empathy for one another Mm -hmm. like if someone is muslim and struggling with their identity a lot of times people will judge them and be like yo they're doing x y and z rather than embracing them and trying to be there for them through their struggles that's something we really need to embolden our young people to do and also to like 
I guess have them like support one another. There has to be this community of support yeah, that sure. makes people want to be like, yeah, I'm Muslim and I'm proud. Yeah. And that's who I am. And I think that starts in our misajids, you know, like b- making sure that our, our misajids are open doors for anyone that wants to, that want as simple as wants to learn more about the deen, but as, but also expanding into people that are, at, that are Muslim and that want to, you know, transform themselves into the best version of themselves in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in, you know, in doing it in a space where they're not going to be judged, you know, they're not going to be, they're not going to be looked at because they, they, they look different or they, you know, they, they may not be the perfect picture of what a Muslim is, quote unquote, you know? So, you know, it really starts from within and even deeper than just a community level, you know, just looking at it from an individualistic point of view, you know, making sure that Whenever we cross paths with someone, making sure that we're giving off a welcoming and loving, you know, vibe or, you know, like making sure that just like you said, we're empathetic to everyone that we cross paths with because we don't know this. And, you know, obviously this is good, delves into a deeper topic, but we don't know what people struggle with. But more so when we, when it comes to religion, we really don't know what people struggle, struggle with and the type of environments that they have to put up with, what, whether it's at work or school and so on and so forth. Um, because peer pressure is out, not not only relegated to school environments; it's it's very much so in the work environments. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I want to shift gears here a little bit, Aziz. I want to talk about what it's like to be Muslim today, mm-hmm. in terms of how we see ourselves in the media and the news. Yeah. So, like for example, I moved, with, and I'm going to talk on my own experience. I moved to the world as a hijabi woman, as a Palestinian woman. And as I'm walking in the world, obviously, there are going to be conceptions against me. And I feel them. It's not that I feel it every single second of every day, but Mm -hmm. you feel it. And it's in the back of your head. So while, yes, we need to create spaces where Muslims feel confident and able to express themselves, being Muslim in America is not always easy. And it can be very challenging, especially if you're a hijabi and you are outwardly expressing your faith. Like, even in the gym, um, shout out to Anissa. When we go to the gym together, we're like the only two hijabis in the gym. And it's like, you know, you think about that. You're like, yeah, I kind of stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah. But it's it's that, like, grounding yourself in your faith, in your values, is what makes you, like, overcome those sentiments of feeling like an other. You, yeah. you know, you start to feel like, yeah, I might be standing out like a sore thumb, but at least I'm being true to who I am. At least I'm serving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with or without a hijab, right? At yeah. least I'm being a, the best possible Muslim I can be. And, like, that's important. The other day, I want to get your input on this, Aziz. The other day, I actually saw this trailer for something called Hella, which is a show that's aired on which platform? Uh, Apple TV. Apple yeah, TV. I saw this on Twitter. Yeah, and it's about this girl, and she's a Muslim girl, and she's moving through life, and she's having these complications, struggling with her identity, and all of a sudden, this young boy comes in. American boy swoops her off her feet, and you know she takes off her hijab, and she feels suddenly empowered and free, and you know you, you see scenes of her fighting with her family, not agreeing with her father, all this stuff. Yeah. And when I saw that trailer, Aziz, mm-hmm. I just sighed. Yeah. I am exhausted 
of this narrative being put in all of our media platforms that Muslim women need help and they're oppressed and we have to free them and we have to empower them as if this doesn't naturally come to us from our faith. It's not naturally taught to us and that you have to be American only without being Muslim. When we've already talked with about before in this conversation that Yo, Islam has been here. It's yeah. not something new. So, like, what's your take on that? No, I think I mean you hit the you hit it right on the um, the nail. But I think the the, the Muslim American narrative in in present day is never written by us for us or with us. Wow. Um, and so you know it's it's like this is a really good example. You know, like this is one. It's 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 a movie that is not portrayed by Muslims. The story does not accurately represent the, you know, a Muslim American family in 2019 America. So it's just, again, it just goes back to this thing that we're not accurately represented in these spaces. And I think it, can, it, it negatively affects, you know, it's, it's, it's like a, it negatively affects two types of people externally looking in. So people that are not Muslim that look, that see these type of shows, see these type of productions put together and say, oh, we got to save the Muslims, you know, that white right. savior, comp- the, uh, the white savior complex. Um, so, you know, and then, um, and then again, it, 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 looking inwards, when, when young Muslim children see this or just Muslims of any age see these type of things and they're confused because they're like, okay, that doesn't look like me. That doesn't accurately represent me. Um, and you know, so, you know, and so representation and, and with, even within the Muslim community is important. You know, we need to see Muslims that are, that, that, um, you know, because Muslims are, are a very diverse type of uh, group of people. You know, we come from all different religions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we come from all different backgrounds. We come from all, you know, we come from all different races, but yet there's when, it, again, when it's not written by us for us or with us, you're going to leave all these aspects of what Muslim Americans actually look like. And I do want to push back on this point that you made here because um, you mentioned that, you know, this isn't, this isn't the story of Muslims and you're 100% right that we need to be the ones writing the stories. But I will say we're talking as two people who are confident in their Muslim identity and are proud and happy to be Muslim. A lot of people have struggles with being Muslim and like yeah. they they move away from the faith, right? So for some Muslims, like maybe a girl who was forced to wear hijab will look at that trailer and be like, yeah, that looks a little bit like me. But we have to make it clear that the reason why those things happen is is the fault of people and not the fault of our faith. Yeah. So while it might look real for maybe someone, it's not the real narrative of our faith and it's not the real narrative of most people who practice Islam, especially in America. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think just like we talked about at the top of the episode, you know, Muslims face a wide range of issues when it comes to their religion. So not neglecting the point that there are people that genuinely struggle with the concept of dating or, you know, just, you know, or the just holding on to their religion at home when, you know, things aren't going as lovey and dovey as we expect it to be, you know? So, you know, definitely I think that was a great point that you brought up. But just kind of segue into the last point um, before we wrap up the show. Um, just looking at a lot of the conversation we had with regard to our, with regards to our Muslim American identity and just, you know, what it means to be a Muslim, what would you say in just 30 seconds or less, what would you say to 14-year-old Hannah in terms of how would you reassure her with her struggles of being proud of Muslim, being proud of her Muslim American identity and any struggles that she faced at mm-hmm. 14? 
14-year-old Hannah. First of all, I'll let her know that those braces are going to come off soon. So just hang in there. The next thing I would tell her is that everything's going to be fine. So I would say focus on your values and what's important to you and chase that. Chase that feeling of being safe when you are practicing and living those values and tune out the noise of people, especially like all these hateful comments out there. Tune out that noise and stay true to who you are. At the end of the day, God has a plan for you and you just have to follow through the motions to make that plan possible. Yeah. Yeah. What advice would you give to little Aziz? So little Aziz, I would tell him pretty much along the same lines, but I think I would start off with gratitude. I think I would be grateful. Again, you know, like like I mentioned at the beginning of the the of uh, the podcast when we were talking about our stories, you know, I, I grew up in a very insulated, you know, uh, community where I was surrounded by Muslims all the time. So not taking that for granted, but then also the people around you. So not taking it uh, for granted um, the people, your family, your friends that are always there, willing to extend a hand, um, a hand of support, and not just not w- always look willing to look outwards. Um, for support, if that makes sense, you know, it, and it was it was what it was one of the struggles that I definitely saw that I grappled with at fourteen. You know, just always looking for, um, looking for something. You know, not knowing really what I was looking for, but neglecting those people that were around me, and and you know, also to tie into that point that you were making, you know, just only you know what's good for you, so capitalize on that. You know, you know your journey as no better than anyone else will ever know. So really. You know, know what 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 will make you more proud. Mm. That gut feeling. You know, when when we always have that intuition when we know situations are wrong or we're going about a thing a, a wrong way. So really capitalize on that and just stick stay true to who you are. I think that's the really great way to just wrap it up. But stay true to who you are. Although it sounds cliche, it does very much so. But yeah, it's it holds value. It, it sure does. All right. So thank you, everyone, for tuning into this episode of Talk Your Peace with Hannah and Aziz. Aziz. Please follow us on our socials and continue the conversation there. What experiences have you had growing up Muslim? If you're not Muslim, how do you see Muslims in the U.S. today? And um, we really appreciate you tuning in. Talk to you guys soon. Peace and love.